Hello, everybody. Hello. It is Roaring Rorty and Jungle Zhang. We are here today. To talk about the environment. What changes are happening to our environment. What you can do as a consumer and a person to take care of the environment and to help the environment grow and be thrive and do really well. Correct. One is to recycle, uh, reduce waste um, yep. around your neighborhood, be it like... Plant native plants. Plant, plant plants native plants. That are native to your zone, native to your area, and plant them in the hopes that the next person will leave them alone and they will grow and thrive, thrive. and yep. do well in their environment. So many people plant burning bush or plant daily leaves or plant raspberries, mm-hmm. or plant things that are not necessarily good. Not to say that raspberries aren't good, but they plant things in their yards that might upset the natural balance, like um, uh, angelica tree, or tree of haven is a good example, or buckthorn, or um, garlic mustard. They are plants that were brought over here in the turn of like the 17th, 18th, 19th centuries yep. and they were allowed to run amok and now they take over our area and deprive pollinators and other plants and other animals of the food that they need and the environment Correct. suffers because of it. Like, try as we might, we'll probably never get back to what it looked like before European settlement but we can at least preserve a piece of it Correct. so that we can... Enjoy it for future generations. Yeah. Like I suggest... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I suggest planting prairie plants because prairies are one of the most endangered ecosystems. Simply put, we have more Amazon equatorial rainforest than we do tall grass prairie. Tall grass prairie less than 1% remains in Minnesota and historically it used to cover 270 million acres of the Midwest used to be prairie and now only 1% of that remains so it's really vital that you get your blazing stars and your sapeliums and your sunflowers and your coropterus and your other plants in there because they help the bees, the pollinators, yep. the butterflies, patsky flowers, and all those other things yep. help butterflies, bees, native pollinators and other things. Um, if you have shade, you can always do a shade garden of wildflowers like Solomon seal or wild ginger or hypatica or bloodroot or something like that. So just because you have shade doesn't mean you can't plant native wildflowers. Yep. Um, hostesses, everybody has and grows. So they, they're kind of the poster child for invasiveness because they just spread and they don't really attract anything or help anything. No. Nope. So they're just kind of from Asia and they're just not really... They belong in another area and they just kind of take over. They do. And they don't really provide any life. Another thing you can do is use water sparingly. Whenever you have water in the bath or water in the shower, take showers over baths because showers will... I'm guilty as an ex-person. I do take a bath every once in a while. But showers are cleaner than baths. Showers are quicker. And baths waste more water. So that's a good idea to do. And a good idea is to eat locally sustained seafood, like some seafood like king crab and bluefin tuna 
uh, on the endangered species list because people keep eating them and consuming them at a, at a weight and a practice that the oceans can no longer sustain. Yep. They can no longer sustain that type of harvesting anymore because where populations are so big and because of fishing messages, fishing methods are so unsustainable. Yep. What are your thoughts for helping the environment other so, than trash, planting native plants? Uh, my big one is recycling. Yeah. Uh, check your local county uh, references on what you can do to recycle. Yeah. A vast majority of counties within the United States or, or areas within your country. Uh, we just found out that we do have listeners in other countries. Thank you so much, by the way. But yeah. you want to look at either your countries or counties or even states um, recycling programs. Uh, be motivated to recycle more uh, when you have aluminum cans. Don't throw them out. Put them in the recycle glass. Or use them as pots. Or, holes, yes. Drill yep. holes in the bottom and you can use them as pots. Correct. So there's a lot of actual... Plastic. Don't yep. throw out plastic. You can reuse plastic. And yep. Plastic is so bad for oceans. Plastic yep. gets into the air. It gets into the sea. It's even been found in human bodies. So, I mean, plastic is everywhere. Yeah. So what you want to do is reduce waste of recyclable material. Yep. Um, that's the one thing we want to keep from uh, doing that. Um, and then also, the other thing you need to do is reduce your carbon footprint. So uh, see if you can invest in solar energy. Um, solar see energy is good. Um, another thing you can do is plant a tree. Correct. Plant a tree. Yep. Uh, the best thing you can do is plant a tree, basically, because when that, if as long as it's a native tree and it's and you, you know. plant it, it will help the community and the area that it is in thrive as well. Um, it provides yep. shade. It will uh, help uh, the environment. As long as you don't over prune or tip or top or land cut it, because that can actually cause the tree to die Correct. or rot. So you want to make sure to get a, a book on there's a book on trees called American Speak for the Trees. And it's a book that talks about the dangers of topping and the dangers of lion cutting and other pruning practices that don't do well. I mm -hmm. am not an expert by any stretch of the imagination on pruning, but I have read what bad pruning can do. And good pruning can prolong the life of a tree, but bad pruning can kill it outright. So if you're yeah. going to prune, Get a professional. Get a professional arborist that is trained in trees and can prune the right way and make sure that the tree that you plant is appropriate for your site. Because I have a blue beech, and the blue beech is in a small yard by the house, and I thought it would only get about maybe 20 feet. It's already almost 20 feet, so I don't know if we're going to be able to keep it or not. But hopefully it'll, you know max out growth pretty soon and be okay but there are certain devices you can put around a house to protect the structure if you do make the mistake of planting too close or so just because you plant too close doesn't mean automatic death sentence for the tree you yep. can get these guards you can put that force the roots down and not into the structure correct and you can also uh, get trees that stay under 30 feet when you have to plant in a tight space like yep. dogwoods or blue beech or something like that, they will stay smaller and they won't get as massive as an oak or an elm or a yep. fiduciary or um, American chestnut will. Yep. 
And then when, like we said about water, conserve your water, um, mm -hmm. especially within like certain seasons. Uh, there can be droughts. There can be certain times when you Water's need to water is sparse, uh, scarce. Sorry, and so yeah. you in want to make countries. It's yeah, scarce. in certain cities like in California, it's been hitting with a major drought. Yeah, and so what you want to do is keep in tune with the news, uh, stay in tune with your county or state, look into seeing how much water should be used. Like we said, take showers more than baths. Um, when you water gardens, water them with the, the, just the amount that you need. Um, possibly... Actually, it depends on the type of plant, though. Some yes. plants, like marsh plants or plants that are high, like members of the rose family or fruits, need a lot of water. But you want to make sure that you water them deeply and directly in the root zone. Correct. You don't want to just water sparingly unless they're succulents or cacti. Because certain plants, we've irrigated the system of our wastewater to the point where plants only get about one third of the water that falls from the sky. Correct. So you do want to put in some uh, extra water if possible. But yeah. that is why planting native plants is better than planting ornamentals because native plants yeah. don't need as much water as long as you don't plant something that needs a bog or a wetland or something like that. Yeah. And then like the other... And stuff like that. The other good things are uh, invest in leaf guards. Um, when you use the leaves or get leaves, use yeah, them as mulch. Yeah, leaves make really good as mulch. They make really, yes. really good mulch. They also make really good compost. Correct. They're great for that. Yard waste sites, you can always you can always drop them off at the yard waste site, but the problem is if you do that, make sure you don't have plants like goutweed. Yeah. Sorry, that was my So the plants like goutweed or gill over the ground or weeds that will take over garlic mustard, be very careful of certain broadleaf weeds because they will spread their seed into the neighboring areas and all it takes is a couple of seeds and you got an infestation on your hands. Correct. So some plants you actually have to treat like hazardous waste. You have to bag Basically, them up, yeah. make sure that they're in a garbage versus going to the compost. Correct. So, I mean, we're not asking you to do your research, but it would be beneficial to do your research yeah. because of the fact that you want to make sure you have the correct plants, the correct trees, the correct... Um, Some plants sub, are just, you know, yeah. especially in the city, there are plants that are really, really bad for the environment, like garlic mustard and buckthorn yep. and purple loosestrife in our wetlands. Those are choking out and destroying native plants and native animals. So if you can pull those up or pull those out whenever you see them on site, that's great. But make yep. sure you know what it is that you're pulling out because you don't want to be pulling out cherry seedlings or pulling out um, um, Carolina buckthorn versus yep. the glossy buckthorn or common buckthorn that's the pest. You want to make sure you get the right one. Yep. So we, we're here to let you know that the environment is in danger. Yep, there is, is there is danger. very, very uh, high risk for our ecosystem uh, that it could happen. We're actually in an uh, age now called the Anthropocene. And the Anthropocene is an age dominated and utilized by people. 
where yep. people have decided the natural error and the natural course of things. And that's not always a great track record because humans don't have the best um, sense sometimes when it comes to things. Like when wolves were removed from Yellowstone in the 70s and 40s and stuff, animals like deer and elk overpopulated and they overbrowsed and they browsed up everything and they stunted willows along the rivers and stuff like that because they weren't able to eat, the wolves weren't able to thin out the herds like they normally do, and songbirds and stuff and beavers and stuff started to return after the introduction of wolves. So wolves actually do a lot of good for deer and other animals because they help keep the herds strong. I know that they do predate on livestock and other animals, but when allowed in their natural settings, they help rather than hurt native ecology because they're eating the sick, the weak, the old, and yeah. they're helping keep the herd and stuff strong. Yep. So it's just, it's not really true when hunters say, oh, they're killing all the deer and elk, they're killing everything. No, wolves have to eat too, but they help in doing so. They help keep the animal strong and help keep the natural ecology strong in how they do things. Yep. Um, also, when you do do hunting or fishing, look at your local uh, DNR, DNR yep. um, see what can be eaten, Harms, see what you can uh, catch and release, yeah. things like that. You want to make sure that you do not take certain, yeah. So uh, you want to make Sorry. sure that certain things like that, you want to do your research because you don't want to take things from its natural habitat and make it to the point it's on the endangered species list. I um, have a, here a turkey feather, and I wanted, I don't know if you can see this, uh, Danny, we're talking on the podcast. This yeah. is a game bird, so this is legal. The stripes and bars indicate that's turkey. Yep. So turkey's a game bird, it's not illegal. And a bald eagle or a raptor would not have this, and their feathers, unless you're Native American or practicing Native religion and have a license, are illegal to keep. But these are legal because they're game birds. Yep. And I actually found this feather on a walk in the woods, and I really like it because I went with Shane and we found it, and it's like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, if you want to see any pictures of, of a feather, uh, of, of, a turkey. of a turkey, I'm sure you can find it online. Uh, there are really beautiful pictures. Um, but yeah, when it comes to hunting, make sure you're hunting things that can be hunted. And you're not uh, over harvesting. And you're not over harvesting or even, uh, killing the wrong animals. Yeah. Uh, cause there are certain things like, for instance, bees are... Are starting to become endangered um, because bees are starting to become endangered. Yeah, and, um, and we need them to pollinate. Um, yes, we do. We need them to and, pollinate. We need them to fertilize the flowers and keep native plants alive. Correct. And another thing that's becoming endangered is um, the chestnut. The chestnut yep. is bit critically endangered. Critically. And. They're starting to bring it back through bioengineering, which is a good thing because they're actually taking weak DNA and inserting it into the tree and helping it become vibrant and resistant to chestnut blight, Cryptotherium parasitica, which is still host in oaks and pines to this day. But it will live in chestnut and reduce it to stump sprouts and weed growth. And it will 
on prevent the tree from becoming a keystone species as it has already done in most of the historic range. Yep. So what we're asking from all our listeners who uh, right now I think we're at 415 views, um, which is actually more than we thought we'd ever get. Yeah, we're doing um, great. So, uh, and then w- looking at the, the uh, stats of which countries are listening to us, we really appreciate you listening to us, getting to hear us. Um, uh, we we uh, really appreciate that um, you are listening to our podcast. Um, but yeah, certain environments and certain uh, zones have certain different requirements. Should we... Explain to the audience what a zone is. So, uh, yeah, so zones, uh, in my perspective, is temperature-wise, yes, uh, temperature. what what things can grow in that certain zone or yes. range of temperature. We are zone four, zone five. Yep. The equator is zone twelve, zone thirteen. Correct. And the closer you get to the Tropic of Cancer or the equator, the higher the zone is, and the more yep. stuff and less stuff you can grow. Like, for instance, you can't grow strawberries in Zone 12, and you can't grow mangoes in Zone 5. Correct. That's because the zones are different for those types of plants. Yep. Ficus and stuff are only hardy outdoors to Zone 11 or Zone 12 because they're tropical and from Southeast Asia. Bullhorn acacias come from Africa and Central America, and they are hardy to Zone 11, Zone 10, but if you tried to plant them outdoors in zone five, they would die. Or zone four, correct. they would definitely die. So, so when it comes, a house plant that can be summered outside. In the correct. Zone. So when it comes to getting plants and everything, make sure they're native to your area. Um, mm-hmm. Let them thrive. Give them what they need: the sunlight or shade that they need. The problem um, with planting plants that are not native is that they sometimes escape and become invasive. The birds correct. will eat the berries, like in buckthorn. Or the plant will start to spread and take over. And if it's not native, it doesn't have any checks or balances, then it can become an invasive weed. Yep. Yeah, so what you want to do for our, 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 our sake and for the sake of your zone and your country and even possibly your country is to look into the native plants within your, your country or state or even you know city and do your research and invest in getting plants within that zone or within your area that will thrive and that are native. Uh, you do not want to have invasive species in your yard because they will really eat up the the environment and, and aren't helpful to those who pollinate. So uh, what we're trying to tell you is do your part in saving the environment by keeping the environment clean by recycling, reducing waste, um, try even like reusing stuff. Like we said, um, cans or, or bottles, make them into like little planters. Cut them off, you know, put a hole through it and make little planters out of your little uh, things. Egg cartons, for instance. You can make things out of egg cartons. There's a lot of cool videos. And they're free. They don't cost yeah. any money. Yeah, and it's all free. If you look up environmental-friendly uh, crafts, they can show you all different things about what you can use that could be harmful to the environment, but you can reuse within your home as certain things. Like you can like separate your coins in an egg carton, uh, keep certain like things, and then uh, do certain things with all different kind of items within your house. You can actually make natural cleaners out of lemon juice, 
vinegar, all that stuff. You can actually make your own cleaning supplies through uh, actual stuff that we use that are food or waste of any su uh, uh, kind. So, you know, you want to look into this, see if you can help reduce uh, chemicals and, 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 uh, and unnecessary waste within your, your country or your city or county or whatever, because it will help our environment thrive. Right now, our ozone layer is getting thinner. The environment is getting really bad. The temperatures are rising. It, like, mm -hmm. legitly, the, the environmental sound of our planet is really bad. Uh, Greta Thornburg is a very good environmentalist. She is um, from uh, Europe. She's a really good source to kind of look into. Uh, she's a young girl, probably now 16 or 18, um, who really is in support of making our environment and our, our ecosystem uh, better. So um, uh, look into her, look into um, certain ways to make your environment thrive. Uh, when it comes to hunting, like I said, hunt the things that are supposed to be hunted. Don't overhunt. And please, if it is catch and release in the area or at that time of year, please just catch and release. Do not take take uh, fish out of their natural habitat if they aren't supposed to be taken out. So that is how we, as humans, can reduce our carbon footprint and 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 reduce the the effects to our environment. So we want you to know we are very environmentally friendly people. Mm -hmm. We want to enforce that the environment is a serious thing. Without the current environment we live in, it can drastically change our, our DNA. It can change the way we breathe. It can change the way you know people can start life getting expectancy. a life expectancy. Even uh, it, we can get newer or or worsening symptoms. And yeah, that. and so like what we're doing is. We're trying to prevent bad, uh, you know, things, things from happening. Correct. And the environment is key to that exact yeah. reason. Keeping our environmental sound and clean and friendly will keep all that negative, you know, disease and, and, and all that stuff. And then it will be controlled to the point where... We probably won't have to worry about cancer anymore. We probably won't have to worry about asbestos or, or other uh, invasive or, or, or unnecessary uh, yeah. things. So uh, we With beg you. genetic engineering, that could be a possibility. If Correct. You genetically engineer certain species that are invasive to sterilize populations, that could probably wipe the species out. But I don't think a single human or even a bunch of humans will be able to eradicate it from the environment once it's already loose. But if we were to make self-sterilizing populations of it, then the plant would go extinct naturally. Exactly. Yep. Basically confine it to an area. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, um, Like some of the plants from the 1600s, like Gill Over the Ground was Creeping Charlie. That was introduced in the 1600s to North America. And it will always be here until we can get... A plant that can self-sterilize populations because just a tiny little bit can make a whole other weed come back. Correct. So what we want to do is, please, we're not begging you to do research. We're not begging you to do change drastically. We're just no. telling you to do your small step 
within your community, within Together your... we make a difference. Exactly. There's an ancient proverb from Africa that says, when spider webs unite, they can tie up a lion. Basically, yep. That's uh, That was actually a good, good metaphor. Yep. Good metaphor. So we're going to start wrapping it up, but I want to please emphasize, please do what you can do to your area by preventing unnecessary waste, keeping the environmentally friendly, mm-hmm. planting native plants, recycling, all that. It will do us a world of okay. good. So here is Roaring Rorty and Jungle Jung signing off. signing off. Please have a great rest of the winter in the Northern yep. Hemisphere and summer in the Southern Hemisphere. Yep. Uh, my actual mom uh, is going to Argentina, so she's going to have a nice little summer vacay in the winter. Um, That's cool. So that would be fun for her. But like I said, remember, you know, look at your zones. Look at your, your growing, area r- growing areas. And if the plant has invasive tendencies, just forget about it or put Correct. it in a controlled environment like yep. a pot. Like mints, for example, can be put in pots. Yep. And they can be brought indoors when it gets cold. Oh, yes. We forgot about vegetables and herbs and all that other stuff. Yeah. I mean, those things can... In Arizona, probably you wouldn't be able to grow things like tomatoes or basil yeah. or peppers because they require humidity. Correct. And in Arizona and other arid areas, it's very hard to get humidity. Yep. So that's another thing. Make but sure, can, but you can grow cactus. Yep, lots and, and lots of there's a lot everybody. of nice and beautiful cacti. Yep, out cactuses there. are awesome. Yeah, you can get you can really eat nice cactuses. ones. Yep. you can use them in fence groves. Yeah, you can use them to keep out annoying people. You can do just about anything you want with giant cacti. Yep. All right. Well, we are so thankful for you listening to those in other countries. Much appreciated. We look yep. forward to getting more um, podcasts out here on a regular basis. Yep. Oh, since we had the holiday season, we kind of slacked a little bit. But um, we will yep. be coming back to hopefully a monthly podcast um, and doing this for you guys. We're going to try to make it as much as we can between 20 to 30 minutes. That's our kind of normalcy. Yep. So anyway, signing off, I am Roaring Rorty. I'm Jungle Jung. And we are here for the Nature Weird. Yep. We like you. We love you. Thank yep. you. And have a awesome day. And have please, an awesome day. please, Recycle. together we, we make a difference. Yep. Together we make a difference. We, we need to work together to make a difference. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. Yep. And have an awesome day. Have an awesome day. Bye. Bye.